Hello and welcome to The Dad Whisperer. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Watson, and here on The Dad Whisperer, you know that I have one primary goal, which is to help dads become heroes. And as we begin our conversation today, I invite you to envision yourself as fathers standing side by side each other, ready to run your fathering race this week, and I'm on the sidelines as your coach, cheering you on and giving you pointers to help you succeed in reaching your goal to be the best dad that you can be. And each week I use a threefold template, which is on your mark, get set, go. On your mark is the title or the topic. Get set, I fill that in with stories and stats. And go is always your one action step where you can take this theme and put it into action this week. Well, today I'm so excited to have my great friend, Joe Bertaglia, joining me here as a guest coach. And if you recognize his name, it's because Joe is a return guest here on The Dad Whisperer. And before we get into our conversation today, I want you to know just a little bit about him first. And truthfully, I could fill up our whole time just reading his bio, but I'll give you just a few highlights. Joe is a broadcaster and president of Renaissance Communications, a company whose mission is to provide media platforms for gifted communicators of biblical truth. Joe is also an executive producer and general manager of Keep the Faith, the number one faith-based radio program in the country, with a weekly audience of over 2 million. And for more than 15 years, Joe has been involved in the promotion of highly successful faith-based movies, including Soul Surfer, Heaven is for Real, God's Not Dead, War Room, and Miracles from Heaven. In other words, Joe Battaglia is a very busy man. Joe is also the author of many books, including The Politically Incorrect Jesus, That's My Dad, Fathers Say, and his newest release that you're going to love. I encourage you to get this book. It's called Unfriended, Finding True Community in a Disconnected Culture. And it's exactly that theme that's providing a backdrop for our conversation today. Joe was married to his wife, Luann, for 35 years, and she is now in heaven with Jesus. And they are the parents of their 29-year-old daughter, Alana. Welcome, Joe Battaglia. Well, Michelle, it is so good to be with you, as always. For a second time. Repeat guest. (laughs) I love it. Well, I'm so grateful for your friendship and for you carving out time today to be here. And as we've honed our topic on your mark today, we're calling this Helping Your Daughter to Connect in a Disconnected Culture. And you know a lot about that. You've done a lot of research. So now that we're going to fill that in with the Get Set portion of our talk today, I wondered if we could talk more about your book. How's that sound? Well, that's why we're here, so let's go for it. Let's go for it. Would you, I just want to start off by saying, would you even recommend to dads that they get a copy of your book and buy two, one for himself, one for his daughter, and to begin opening up conversations about social media, about our social media-driven world? Would that be something you'd recommend for dads and daughters? Oh, without a doubt. I think mainly because we recognize that young people worldwide you know, do an average of 8.2 different social media accounts at once. Are you kidding me? Well, Instagram is their favorite. My daughter's always telling me, Dad, you're so lame because (laughs) Facebook, you know, is out. We're on Instagram now. And so that's where they spend their time. And then the average person spends two and a quarter hours a day just on social media and web messaging. Mm. Teens spend maybe more than nine hours a day on electronic media of all kinds. And so that's more than half their waking life. So the relevance of it is vital that we understand it to some degree and participate Mm -hmm. in it. Wow. Well, I mean, when you cite those statistics, I think it's clear that we're kind of on a runaway train, right? Like, how do we turn this around? I don't know that there really is a way we can do it. 
So what advice do you have for dads that maybe feel they can't compete with screen time or electronics, <laughs> even if they want to connect with their daughters? Right. right. What do they do? Uh, yeah, I mean, trying to keep up with your kids on this level is, you know, just useless at times for most dads. We throw up our hands, and even those involved in it, in the marketing, in the use of these uh, devices and the use of the medium, um, pretty hard to keep up with. So, but there's one thing you can keep up with with your daughter because you know her. And what I have tried to do is expose her to something that taps into their nature and her DNA. Uh, do it together. So if your daughter loves going shopping, like what daughter doesn't, right? <laughs> make sure you go with her. If she loves just doing things like some like gardening, some like to, you know, just go for walks, some like to do any number of things, see what your daughter likes and what she is built for. And that's one of the things as a father that's really helpful for you to to know. Find that out, participate with her, take mm -hmm. her along those things, and then you'll begin to talk in a in a way that allows you to teach while you're doing things that she likes, mm -hmm. not that you want to do. Well, you know what? I just had a teenager tell me this week that her dad took her to the to the firing range, to the shooting range, and they shot guns. Her dad brought okay. his guns, and it's the first time they've ever done it. And she said, I've always wanted to do it. And I yeah. thought, look, at, there's even something where a dad's bringing her into his world, sure. and that has value, right? So it goes yeah. both ways. Yeah, let's not assume that we don't want to do the things that our kids do and vice versa. Let's just assume that they do expose them. So, you know, I used to take my daughter to, you know, to the ball field and play softball, mm -hmm. throw the ball, run after it, because I love playing ball. So I found out that she really didn't like doing that. And so from time to time, you just take your children with you to the things that you like doing and you might be surprised like this one dad did that she might just like that. So, yeah. And I think, idea. you know, the other thought that comes to me as I hear you saying this, Joe, is that some dads do believe they can't compete with screen time, right? Yeah, and they right. say, I can't get my kid out of their phone. But you're saying be relentless in inviting them into things that they are passionate about. Don't give up pursuing their hearts. Yeah. I mean, the point is we think we can't communicate or connect. But the reality is our daughters want that mm -hmm. desperately. We just have to take the time to work with them to find out what that is, that sweet spot that you can do together. I was talking with a dad the other day about how he engaged his daughter um, in a Bible study because she asked him a question, and he just said, well, hey, would you want to do a Bible study with me? And she said, yes. So mm. for two years they've been doing a Bible study together of all things. Wow. So, so he wouldn't have known that know. had he not asked her. She wouldn't that's maybe right. come to him and said, Dad, can we do a Bible study to, you know, well, search out right. a question? Yeah. It's all good. It's all good. Well, I want to highlight some of the quotes in your book that I think really apply to dads and daughters and to this whole concept. You have a quote that is so powerful. Here's what you wrote. The main danger of social media relationships is not the great distance between people. It's the shallowness of the interactions between them. So my question for you is, how does a dad lead his daughter to more depth in their relationship, even if that's not his strong suit? Well, that's a question I'm sure every dad is asking himself, right? Mm -hmm. I think, first of all, we have to understand <clears throat> the danger that I say 
is here about the shallowness of interaction, and that's part of the problem that a lot of kids are experiencing in today's uh, day and age. You see, what happens on the Internet, and I think it's important to realize this, is that we become isolationists. We only live with people that think like us or look like us or act like us, and we continue in there. And the more we become detached from actual relationships with people, we build up this firewall of emotional detachment. That's what Mm. I call it. Mm -hmm. So we don't any longer have to intersect with anyone other than the people that think like us and look like us. We don't we then become uncomfortable with those who are different than us. And my contention is in the book uh, that we only really grow when we go outside of ourselves, not when we stay within. Mm-hmm. We intersect with people, and it is that intersection, um, and I use this quote as well, that the struggle between two people is often the determining factor in bringing them together, not separating them. The struggle. Okay, yeah. now you're speaking to dads that say, I'm yes. living in that place now with my daughter all the time, and this isn't good. But yeah. you're reframing that. Say more. Yeah, because the struggle can actually bring you together ultimately, uh, as I have seen with my daughter, because she actually wants to create this struggle with me to see what I think, mm-hmm. to see how I feel, to ask if I love her. But she's not asking the question that way, right? Right. Because <clears throat> this struggle shows that you care and that you care enough to tell her what you believe. Mm-hmm. And the only time that can be elicited from us is when we have confrontation of this type. So that's why confrontation is vital, not just to our daughters or our children, but to the culture around us. Mm-hmm. Because it is often when I work alongside people and sweat alongside them, and we have to learn how to live with each other, even though we may not agree on things. We then have to get past that because there's no other way to do it. And that struggle is often the thing that allows us to become friends rather than to become detached from each other. So if the Internet prevents us from coming together in that personal, interactive way, that's a problem. And I go through that in the book as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, dads, you know, we're struggling at work all the time. And when we come home, we're just tired, right? We don't want to struggle. We want to rest. Exactly. Right. Yeah, but you have to realize that your kids are struggling all day, too, at work, which is their school, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> That's, they see the same thing. You know, my, da- my daughter would tell me that all the time. Oh, it's easy. You just go to work. You're the boss. <laughs> you know, right. you don't have to do. I've got to do all this stuff. Yeah, you don't have real problems, Dad. I do. Right. Yeah, and, you know, their world is so self-centered often, you know, mm-hmm. your kids that they only know about their world until they begin to step out of their world into someone else's. And the the actual opportunity you have in discussing these with your children is one way to help them understand what you go through. Mm -hmm. And it then begins to build a discussion, even though there may be conflict and disagreement. At least they know that you care enough to spend the time with them to tell them what you think. Mm-hmm. And that will come back to you in spades later on as they mature into adults. Yeah, and when she has her own ideas, at least she's coming into her own. Like you had yeah. said earlier, is we can have a homogenous kind of dynamic with social media where you go to people that look like you and talk yeah. like you and think like you. So I think if more dads could realize that it's okay if their daughter doesn't think like them, enter into that yeah. with more openness that she's sure. becoming her own person, right? 
Oh, exactly. And that's fun to see them grow into their own people. And, you know, so the conflict is a great way of seeing the growth and the maturation in your children. Um, There's another thing that's important for dads to recognize as well is that um, dads provide something that no one else can provide. And I, I say it's a buffer. Mm-hmm. or your daughter to handle the emotional struggles that they grow up with. And I'll give you an example quickly of this. <clears throat> you know, you mentioned that my wife had passed away. Mm-hmm. And um, and when she was going through this uh, uh, part of this illness um, some years ago, when my daughter was uh, maybe, a, you know, a teen, mm-hmm. you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, 12, 13, something like that, um, even a little younger, that mom could not do the things for her that other moms could do for all her that she saw all her friends right mm-hmm. and one day it just became another example of what mom couldn't do and emotionally she couldn't handle it and broke into tears and ran downstairs and just you know sat in a corner right yeah and so all I could do was go there and sit with her put my arm around her and say nothing Mm-hmm. because there's nothing to say, because at that time, it's not what you say. The whole point is to say the thing that is on their heart, which is to say nothing but just to love them. Yes, yeah. And so what people have to realize is that uh, the way you struggle with your daughter in that moment is simply to embrace her. Mm-hmm. Um, and that provides an opportunity for her to know that you love her, that you're there, that you're there, she says it's life's not fair. You say well, I know, it's not to begin lecturing. And mm-hmm. so what I realized is that what the purpose of the father at that point is to simply help buffer her against all the things that are coming into her mind and heart emotionally that she can't process because they're too young to process it. Exactly. And so you become the buffer. Mm-hmm. You become the opportunity for her to have someone to go to when the world is not treating her fairly, right? Right. Important thing to understand. And I love that you even said you just sit there with her in it, you're present in it, but you don't need to lecture her. And I wonder if sometimes kids go to their phones and let that be the buffer from their dads. Like, I'm tired of the lecture. This gives me distance. And yet I have found, because again, like you, I'm talking with people all the time, is teenagers want the real connection. But if it's not safe or they don't have it, I think this is where they go to hide sometimes or to let it be a buffer. Oh, for sure. No doubt. And so that's why you need to be around and visible and aware yeah. and out with them and doing things and so forth. So it's we, all good. Well, you talked about Alana at that time where she's sitting in the corner having a meltdown. Life's not fair. My mom can't do what other moms do. I want to talk a little bit more about tears, because this is something that comes up with a lot of dads that I talk with who say, it's all the tears and all the emotion, and I just can't pace with that. So I turn her over to mom for that stuff, (laughs) right? But I love the way you address tears in your book. That was an unexpected topic, for, for me anyway. Can you talk more about how dads can enter into that world of tears with their daughters? Sure. Okay. In Scripture, it says, right, that God saves our tears, right? Mm-hmm. And so I often wondered, well, why would God say that? Until I began to think about it, and the Holy Spirit, I think, impresses you with certain things that are just like 
uh, eye-opening. And, mm-hmm. and what I heard at that point was simply that the reason God saves something is because they are valuable, and the reason they are valuable because they are an expression of our humanity. Mm-hmm. So I say that tears are the emotional language of the soul, and they're a type of currency of heaven. Wow. Um, and you only keep the things that are of value, and that's why God keeps them and saves them, because they speak of our humanity, and he saves the things that are expressive of who we are. Joe, this is so powerful and profound. I have never heard someone say it like that. Well, this is, again, from God. Um, I, can, I can say that <laughs> yeah. easily. <clears throat> See, a lot of guys think they want to be Spock reincarnated, <laughs> which is absurd. <laughs> no emotion. Don't, you know, in one movie, we actually saw a tear flow from Spock's eyes. Um, so we are not Spock. And matter of fact, we are to be the ones who can cry easily. Uh, and if they see that, that speaks of emotion, that mm-hmm. speaks of love, that speaks of humanity. And if we can allow our daughters in particular who really respond to emotion more than guys will, mm-hmm. right, to see that, well, that speaks volumes to them. Mm-hmm. And so if we just redirect our minds and, um, and, and to the reason why we have tears, then I think we might not be so hard to let them flow. Mm-hmm. Uh, so good stuff. Oh, that is so good. Well, if you're just joining us, I'm talking with my friend Joe Battaglia, author of the book Unfriended, Finding True Community in a Disconnected Culture. And Joe, what I would love to ask you now is talking about that title, Unfriended. That's a really unusual word, right? I mean, we talk about unfriending people on Facebook or social media, but what does that actually mean in real relationship? Because we're talking about connecting in a disconnected world. Yeah, well, to me, I used that phrase uh, for the title of the book is because unfriended has become almost a verb, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Uh, A common one that we use to uh, talk about how we can disconnect with people that we don't want to be with, right? Right. So going back to what I said earlier about the necessity of two people connecting uh, or people connecting in general so that relationships are important. Um, I define community as having been established in the heavenlies, brought down through Jesus, who then taught us what community was about. So he intersected, he had communion, um, and then he sacrificed Okay, say that again, because I love how you highlight that in your book. You say, if a dad wants to connect with his daughter, right, community, Community. there needs to be three parts to it, which are? Which are intersection, right? I Mm -hmm. think we know what that means. I've got to come face to face. Mm -hmm. I then have to have communion, which is a sharing of something in common, which is the Latin transliteration from the Greek koinonia. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. And so I have to have something we share in common or establish a commonality. And then I have to sacrifice. I have to be something to someone that costs me something. And see, there again, the contrast to social media. There's no cost there. There's no cost. There's hardly any communion. Mm -hmm. Maybe some type of... uh, Intersection, I guess. Intersection in some way. But it's not the biblical model where I can, at some point in time look into a person's eyes, see eternity in their soul, hear the heartbeat of their dreams, do something on their behalf. This is the 
place of community in our culture and why we see so much lack of civility in our world today because we are so not into what true community happens because we have established this false community and we have unfriended ourselves from each other. So relationships have become, well, less relational, right? Mm -hmm. We see that played out daily uh, in our children who have more of a relationship with a cell phone than another human. Right. Emotional detachment does not make for establishing good community, which is a necessary part of the way God wired our DNA. Mm-hmm. Right? We are hardwired exactly. in our souls to need each other. Yeah, for relationship. To, yeah, not to disconnect or be unfriended. Right. I've heard you say that dads, if you could tell your daughters that your job isn't to unfriend people, but to befriend them, mm-hmm. it would change our culture. Say more about what it looks like to not unfriend, but befriend right. other people. Very important, yeah. <clears throat> and I see, and I make, you know, comments about how Jesus went around doing that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that, to me, is the important thing. Um, and helping your children see the difference, um, you know, where you don't belittle others, you encourage mm-hmm. them. Um, so, you know, Jesus' purpose in life is like your purpose in life to intersect with people along the road of life so that he is then modeled. Then let me give you a quick uh, example sure. right, of this. Um, <clears throat> uh, in, in Scripture, we have Jesus, uh, you know, with the woman at the well. Mm-hmm. And so he, as a Jewish man, goes into Samaria, which people who were um, Jewish did not want to do because they were considered the half-breeds. And so he, Jesus, like he always does, um, breaks all the laws right, uh, right. Right, of keeping people apart, and then intersects with a woman, which he would never have been doing, no Jewish man would do anyway, to talk to a Samaritan woman. Mm-hmm. And so the principle is this. We have to be on the road in the first place and go out of our way to meet with people unlike us so that they will then go out of their way to tell mm. people about us. Mm. Just like she did when she got through knowing who he was, she went back and told her entire village. Exactly. So we have to be on the road as well, and one great place to be on the road is with our kids, so they will see how we will respond to people. Mm-hmm. Those are great teaching moments. You know, <clears throat> I often use Deuteronomy eleven, eighteen, and 19, where Moses gathers all the men of the camp and tells them to be teachers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When they're on the road, when they're sitting at home, you know, and so forth. And the reality is that uh, all men are teachers. Yes. Some are absent. Some are reluctant. Mm-hmm. And our kids will learn something from us, even if it's nothing. Yes. Don't be that kind of guy. Don't be that kind of guy. And like you repeatedly say in your book, community begins at home. So you're saying, oh. dads, model to your daughters, to your sons, the way that you want them to live, because more's caught than taught. Oh, absolutely. And one of the things I often say is take time to be friends to your daughter's friends. Mm-hmm. Take them aside uh, and ask them what they like about your daughter. Listen to them. Because of my wife's limitations at times, I used to be the person that would have to drive my daughter around, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like every parent, right? Mm-hmm. Pick up child's friends and drive them to soccer. Right. Professional <laughs> chauffeuring. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We were the original Uber drivers. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so, um, 
you know, and it got me an opportunity to listen to what they were talking about in the back seat. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Oh, I love that because you're and, you're right there in real time to get close yeah. enough to hear. Exactly. And then sometimes when I thought it was appropriate, I would then question them. Mm-hmm. About your daughter. About my daughter or about the things they were thinking about uh-huh. that they were both thinking about. Oh, that's awesome. So I would, I would respond to her friend, not to her. Right, right. But in a sense, I was responding to her. Exactly, and but, finding but out more. Yeah, and so taking an interest in their friends, because you know what? We are, in a sense, to disciple all those around us. Mm-hmm. So I often would then talk to her friends as I would talk to her. Uh-huh. Oh, that's so great. some of my thoughts about what I would do or don't do. So I think that's an important opportunity. I love it. Oh, my yeah. goodness. We could keep talking, but you know that I love to end every show with a go step. So if you were to speak to every father listening right now and could give them one way to take action to connect with their daughters, even though they're in the midst of a disconnected culture, where would you tell him to start? I would simply say, um, be with them, um, get, share something that you do together, um, and kind of just do it together, enjoy it, find out, just watch your daughter grow um, and, and know what she likes and go for it and just spend that time with her. Oh, I love this. Well, you've been listening yeah. to my friend Joe Battaglia, author of Unfriended, Finding True Community in a Disconnected Culture. And today, I trust that his words as a dad to a daughter will inspire you as dads to get out there to intentionally and consistently invest in your daughter's hearts. It's been a joy to be with you all today. Get out there, dads, and make a difference in your daughter's life today. Go dads. <laughs>